people this is the rubin report direct message i'm still dave rubin and we are just days out from the big election can you believe it just days out from the very day that will decide the future of humanity we're almost there guys i voted yesterday that's gonna be one of our stories i didn't even have to show my id it was really wonderful i would have to show my id to buy a beer uh, even though i'm 44 years old i still get id'd but you don't have to show your id to vote so we're going to talk about that we are gonna talk about uh, measure 16 here in California, where uh, the progressives, the wonderful lefties, are putting racism back into the system and we got to vote on it. So I voted on it. I'll show you what I decided on, whether I wanted the country to be more racist or less racist, and we'll read the exact text. And uh, you know, if you don't have systemic racism, in the system, which we don't here in the United States, there are no racist laws. Uh, the best way to get systemic racism, so you, you can use it to fuel the fire of burning everything down that you're trying to do, is to put it on the ballot, especially here in California, because these people are idiots. Uh, so we're gonna cover that. Uh, then we're gonna talk about uh, coronavirus deaths because they are dropping, believe it or not. The media seems to be pushing this notion that they're they're growing again, everything's going up and up and up. It's a little hard to decipher some of the information because obviously as we test more, we see more rising cases. This is where Trump always gets lost in language because people say, well, if we, he always says, well, if we weren't testing, we wouldn't see the numbers going up. And people are like, no, the numbers would still go up. You're both kind of correct. Uh, if we weren't testing, that means uh, numbers could be going up or down, we wouldn't know. So the more you test, the more you're gonna see that the numbers are going up in case if in fact they are going up. Uh, but in essence, there is a new study that is confirming the fact that deaths are dropping despite cases rising. So we'll get into some of the numbers. I hope you brought your calculator. And then the third story for today is that big tech hearing yesterday. Uh, I focus mostly on Jack Dorsey yesterday and the fact that he basically lied under oath to Ted Cruz and could be in a lot of trouble for doing that. And you guys know all the, all the stuff about big tech censorship and the rest of it. But then something really interesting happened where Mark Zuckerberg, who of course is the synthetic humanoid that's in charge of uh, Facebook, uh, he did not know apparently that the head of election integrity at uh, Facebook used to work for, you're not gonna believe it guys, Joe Biden. Can, I know, it's so weird. It's just, it's just so weird. So we're gonna get into all that. I'm feeling good today. I'm highly caffeinated. I put on a jacket for you. And before we do anything else, guys, I wanna talk to you about Built Bar. Are you guys looking for a new protein bar that tastes like a candy bar? I've got just the brand for you. Built Bars are super tasty and come in 18 amazing flavors. My personal favorite, as you know already, is the cookies and cream that I've got right here, but we've got a box filled with all kinds and I've been trying them and they're good people. Bill Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, include both nut and nut-free flavors and are soft and easy to chew. With Halloween just days away, it's easy to slip up, which is why Bill Bars are the perfect alternative to candy for the health-conscious guy. I can actually lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bill Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. I'm not making up, guys. I've, uh, the six-pack ain't quite there yet, but we're, we're getting close. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code RUBIN and you'll get 20% off your first order. Use promo code RUBIN for 20% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Good for Built Bars, Built Go, or Built Boost. And now back to me. Hello. 
All right, so I voted yesterday, guys. I, I early voted. Uh, David and I went to our local polling station. We brought our IDs. We brought some documentation showing where we live, the whole thing. We got in the car, we went in, and we voted. Uh, we did not have to show IDs. We did not have to show any identification. I did not realize that. I actually didn't realize that. I remember that during the primaries where I did vote that I didn't need anything. And I thought that was a little bizarre. And I know there's always this ongoing thing about voter IDs, but I thought surely at the national election, someone's gonna check something, right? Like that you can't just walk in, just say you are whoever you are and know someone's address and vote as them. But that is literally what you can do here in the Banana Republic of California. So I said my name and I said my address I did not show any evidence that I am me or that I live in that place. And then I went up to the machine and it was electronic and touchpad and the whole thing and I, and I did my thing. But quite literally, and, and I don't want people to feel that the election is illegitimate. Obviously you don't want to, but we do have to secure our elections at some level. The idea that you don't have to show an ID. So I could actually go back, I could get in my car right now and in eight minutes be at my polling station again and assuming that they didn't know who I was, I could say, yeah, I'm Bob, blah, 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 and I live at do, 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 and then I could vote as Bob, and then Bob could show up, and I guess Bob would be screwed. I mean, the idea, let's just be very, very clear on this. The only people who don't want voter ID, ID laws are the people who are for voter fraud, okay? Everyone can get an ID. You need an ID to buy a beer, you need an ID to drive a car, you need an ID to get on a plane, but for some reason, if we say to people, you need an ID to vote, which is your most important civic duty, somehow that's construed as racist, right? It's racist, or you don't want poor people to vote or something like that. Everyone can get an ID, virtually everyone has an ID. It's offensive if you were to say, and a lot of times, well, black people don't have IDs. What are you talking about? You're racists, do you guys realize that? You guys are the racists. You call everybody racists, but you're the actual racists. I, I have plenty of black friends, they all have IDs. I, Fairly certain, I know who they all are. Uh, the whole thing is so stupid. Um, but so the idea that you can do this is kind of crazy. Uh, but let's talk about who I voted for and, and one of the measures that I voted on. We, we can throw up the image because it's out there already. I did vote for Donald J. Trump and Michael R. Pence. Those are the people that I voted for. Uh, I've been telling you guys for probably about four months, that was the direction I was headed in. Uh, right before I went off the grid for August, I did Kyle Kashub's podcast and he flat out asked me who I was gonna vote for. And I hadn't said it publicly yet, but obviously I've been thinking this for, for many, many months at this point, uh, that, that Trump was the right choice. Do I think Trump is perfect? Let's do all the asterisk stuff first. Do I think Trump is perfect? I don't. Do I wish sometimes he tweeted less? I do. Is there something kind of funny about his hair? Yes, et cetera, et cetera. But has he basically done a good job as president? Let, let's put coronavirus aside for one second. I, I will address it uh, in just a moment and our whole second story is about corona. Before corona, did we have an absolutely thriving economy, which by the way, today we're getting some numbers that are really, really good on the, on the rebound, we did. And we had all time low black unemployment and all time low uh, Latino unemployment, absolutely. Uh, this peace in the Middle East thing, Israel signing all of these deals with Middle East countries, that's good, that, that's good. We all used to want Middle East peace. Now, orange man, we don't want it so much anymore. Uh, the changing of some of these crazy international deals that we had, like the Paris Climate Accords, that was a non-binding deal that in effect we were paying for and now we're out of. And by the way, 
uh, I've read, and you guys can find the articles yourself, in many cases, we're, we're actually exceeding some of the numbers that were dictated to us by the Paris Climate Accord, by the Paris Climate Accords. This is a good thing. Getting rid of regulation, lowering taxes, all of these things are good. Oh, and I forgot the big two, taking critical race theory out of the universities and out of our federal institutions. This is beyond massive. If, if you hate identity politics, if you love America, if you believe people should be treated as individuals, Trump, Trump had the, the most intense death blow to the, those bad set of ideas when he said the government will not institute these ideas. Um, this is huge. So he got critical race theory out. He also reversed Title IX. Title IX was the Obama executive action that in essence took away due process. So if a male student, it did a few things, but it, one of them that was used quite frequently was that if a male student was accused of sexual harassment, basically you, did, you could be kicked out of college just by the accusation. We removed due process. Well, Trump got rid of that when he brought in Betsy DeVos as education secretary. There, there is a series of good things he's done, um, but all of those things combined, I would still say even maybe the bigger thing is that he has fought the media, he has fought the establishment, and and no other Republican was gonna do it. And and you know, yeah, you might go that McCain guy was nicer and that Romney guy was nicer and whatever it is, those guys lost. Trump has mapped out a way for right-leaning people, conservatives, disaffected liberals, libertarians to fight the machine. And that was that was worthy of my vote. It doesn't mean he's perfect. And I have no doubt that I'm gonna have more hit pieces written about me and that the rest of the, the anger and the hate will come. But as I often say, I am my own boss and the chances that I fire myself are pretty slim. I suppose it could happen one day. Um, so that that is who I voted for. I voted for Trump. I was actually very happy to vote for Trump. And I know, again, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have not only hit pieces, but I, I know people in my life are not gonna be happy with me. But um, you know, when I was off the grid, I watched this uh, Frank Sinatra documentary on Netflix. It's a two part, about two hours each documentary on Frank Sinatra, and I, I love Frank Sinatra and the old crooners and the Rat Pack and all that. But there's a moment where he's talking about elections and voting and things like that. And he was very politically active as a Democrat at first, and then eventually he became friends with Ronald Reagan, who became the Republican governor of California and obviously ultimately president. And he started, the media started turning on him. Frank Sinatra was like a darling of the media when he was a Democrat, and then you're not gonna believe it. This stuff has obviously gone on for decades when he started becoming a little more conservative or at least supporting a California conservative, Ronald Reagan, the media started going after him. And he gave this, you should watch it in the documentary, there's just this couple lines on just how it's your duty as a man to, to do what you think is right and vote for the people you think is right and you have to do that. And don't let people cower you and scare you into doing what they want. So I hope, I hope if you're on the fence right now, wh whichever way you're gonna go, that you do what your conscience tells you to do and not what the mob tells you to do. I think that's, that's the most important thing that you can do. So anyway, so I voted for Trump and I didn't have to show my ID. So tomorrow I'll vote for Trump again. It's very, very exciting. And, uh, and now I wanna shift a little bit to, to measure 16, because you know when you vote, uh, there's all sorts of people you can vote for. I also, by the way, I voted for Eric Early, who is running against Adam Schiff, that, that Russia collusion maniac. Uh, so I voted for Eric Early, who's the Republican running against him. I also voted basically no on all of the measures because everything increases taxes. Sorry, state, you can't have any more money from the people. You don't deserve any of it. There, there might've been one or two exceptions to that. 
Um, but basically I voted no on all of those things. And I voted, you know, I tried to figure out who were the least lefty people, though in this state it's pretty bananas. Um, but you do vote on several measures, and I want to talk about measure 16 specifically. So let's let's throw the image up there, and I'm going to read to you a little bit about what measure 16 is. It will allow diversity as a factor in public employment, education, and contracting decisions, legislative constitutional amendment. Just to be very clear, it will allow diversity as a factor in public employment, education, and contracting decisions, meaning they will care about your skin color, your gender, and your sexuality. The stuff that we did the 64 Civil Rights Act to get rid of, we shouldn't care about those things. Martin Luther King, we're not gonna care about the color of your skin. That's what he didn't want for his kids. He wanted them to care about the content of their character, uh, but not here in California, apparently. And I'll just read two parts of this thing. Uh, this proposition would permit the government permits government decision making policies to consider race sex color ethnicity or national origin to address diversity by repealing article 1 section 31 of the California constitution so we are amending the constitution to put systemic racism into it which was added by proposition 209 in 1996 okay you got that people so 24 years ago we said let's get discrimination out now we're gonna vote it back in apparently. Uh, Proposition 209 generally prohibits state and local governments from discriminating against or granting preferential treatment to individuals or groups on the basis of race, sex, color, ethnicity, or national origin in the operation of public employment, education, or contracting. That's the good one, you morons. That's the one, 209. We wrapped this thing up in 96, okay? That's the good one prohibits state and local governments from discriminating against or granting preferential treatment to individuals on the basis of race, sex. I read it already. I circled it here. I put a box over the circle. What is wrong with you people? So we are literally right now in California voting to put racism, voting to put discrimination, voting to put bigotry back into the system. And, and let me just try this this way. If you are one of the people who thinks, oh, but we do want more diversity. Well, I understand that that's a nice thought to have. Uh, now think about it this way. Would you be for discriminating against someone based on their skin color, sexuality, gender, or anything else? Ah, gotcha, didn't I? Because if you elevate somebody because of those things, you have to de-boost, to use their language, somebody because of those things. So this is nonsensical, it is psychotic. I'm fairly certain it's against the Constitution of the United States, and this is the type of thing that could end up as a Supreme Court decision. Um, so good luck with that, Amy Coney Barrett. Um, but it's, it's, just, it's just ridiculousness. I wonder if, if this is happening in any other states. Can you guys let me know? Uh, throw some comments in there if you see this happening anywhere besides California, this loony, loony place. Oh. And before we move on to the next story, I should mention that uh, the president, you know this guy, Trump, um, I was on Fox and Friends this morning. I was up at uh, 4 a.m. for like a 5.15 uh, Fox and Friends appearance. And then I went to sleep. I basically was on at 5.15 till about 5.20. Then I tried to go to sleep for about two hours. I woke up, my phone was hot. You know when you know when like your phone's going crazy and it's like you got like a nuclear device in your hand and you just throw this thing and it's gonna explode. Um, well, Trump uh, tweeted this about me, we'll throw it up there. Uh, Thank you to Dave Rubin, author of Don't Burn This Book, just announced on Fox and Friends that he is voting for your favorite president, me. 
I think Donald Trump has done a lot of good. When I see an American flag, I see Trump support. <clears throat> well, I just laid out there why I think uh, that a vote, <clears throat> excuse me, why I think a vote for Trump is, is sensible and is good and is fair and it doesn't make you a racist or a bigot or anything else. Um, but I, you got, this is like one of those things where it's like the way he writes these things. It's like voting for your favorite president, me. There's no business like show business. Like that, that's kind of where we're at at this point. Um, in any event, it was, it was nice to see that. I already got some people texting me that are, that are angry at me because the president tweeted at me. I, you know, in the old days, if the president said something nice about you, people would support you. So it's a little bit of a strange thing these days. Um, okay, let's, let's talk about coronavirus because obviously there are, there are critics of Trump and people who won't vote for Trump because of coronavirus. Um, so I wanted to hold this to the to the second story that we're doing right now. Let's let's throw the graph up there. Uh, so NPR, and they're you know these are not people that like Trump. Studies point to big drop in COVID nineteen death rates. Uh, this is updated as a few days ago. I'm just going to read a little bit. Two new peer reviewed studies are showing a sharp drop in mortality amongst hospitalized COVID nineteen patients. The drop is seen in all groups, including older patients and those with underlying conditions, suggesting that physicians are getting better at helping patients survive their illness. Mortality has dropped amongst hospitalized patients by 18 percentage points since the pandemic began. The people who are getting hospitalized now tend to be much younger, tend to have fewer other diseases, and tend to be less frail than people who were hospitalized in the early days of the epidemic. Okay, I wanted to do this story because this is showing you that we're rounding the corner, we flatten the curve, we're rounding the corner, other assorted statement that doesn't really explain what's going on. These are good things, right? These are good things. You would report on spiraling death tolls if, if you wanted to show the truth, but if you really wanna do it just to get Trump, then you're not gonna show this. So my guess is CNN's not gonna be doing much on this today, right? The New York Times ain't gonna be doing much on this today. Um, but the simple truth is the doctors are dealing with it better. We're seeing less older people die. We also know that younger people that get the disease, they survive. As I said a few weeks ago, I know a few people that have gotten coronavirus. They were sick for a few days. One of my friends was sick for about 10 days, but most were sick for two or three days. I have a friend that got it that, that had no symptoms whatsoever. Um, that you will get past it and you will survive. The idea that we have decided to shut down the entire country, destroy people's livelihoods. As I said yesterday, now we know that alcoholism is rising, suicide is rising. People are not getting out, they're not exercising, they're not seeing other human beings. We're spending all, all our days like automated robotic human automatons. I mean, it's, it's just, We've, we made a mistake along the way. And where are all of the people? Where are the freedom-loving people saying it's time to move forward? And, and just imagine, just imagine if Biden gets in charge and, and the Democrats are in charge, Biden wants a federal lockdown. You wanna just keep giving these people more power over you? Gavin Newsom cannot tell me what I can do for Thanksgiving. I'm gonna do whatever the hell I wanna do. You can, I'm telling you directly right now, Gavin Newsom. I'm gonna have as many people as I want and we're gonna do whatever the hell we want. And that might include singing, which I know you don't want people to sing, you freak. Um, so anyway, it's important to know that the numbers are going down in terms of mortality. People are not dying as much. People are getting better. And, and just know that and, and take, and of course, take whatever precautions you see as necessary 
to take care of yourself and take care of your family. But the point is it should be on you. It should be on you, not only as an individual citizen, but it should be on you as a business owner or as a coach of a baseball team or whatever it is you do. Let the, the people, the people should make the decisions, not these edicts from people that would love to keep us locked down forever. All right, story number three. Feeling very focused today, people. Can you feel it? Very focused. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg was at the big, uh, the big, big tech hearing yesterday, and uh, you know, to do a big tech hearing about big tech uh, for the Senate right before the election is is kind of late. So yes, it's it's a lot of theater, right? It's a lot of theater because nothing, even if they they talked to everybody yesterday, and they even if they unearthed, oh my God, we found out the code that they wrote in the algorithm that is suppressing things and that is amplifying things and everything else. It's like, well, the damage has been done as far as this election, right? Like there's there's nothing that can be done in, in these now four or five remaining days to fix the misinformation, the suppression of views and all of those things. This is all about maybe that something can be done in the future, but I would say the idea of the hearing is good because getting Jack and, and Zuckerberg and the Google guy, getting these guys out there to talk does bring it forward in the national conscious, gets us hopefully to think about some of the issues and that kind of thing. But, but don't be confused. It's not as if they're gonna do something tomorrow that's gonna save us from big tech. It ain't, it ain't happening. And as I always say, big tech is not purely evil, right? It's like a fire. Fire can do good stuff, warm up the house. Fire can also burn down the house. And, and I, I'm here because of the pipes of YouTube. So, so I get it, I get it, right? Although you should join us at rubenreport.com because I do fully own that and can communicate directly with you and we can build great communities for you. Check out locals.com. Um, anyway, there's, a, there's an incredible exchange between John Thune, Senator John Thune and Mark Zuckerberg. So I'm gonna read a little bit of the exchange because this just sort of sums up the negligence of our media, the, the way big tech treats us like children and sort of just the general state of everything. So John Thune said to Zuckerberg, the person that is in charge of election integrity and security at Facebook is a former Joe Biden staffer. Is there someone closely associated with President Trump in the same role at Facebook? He went on to say, how do you all respond to the argument that there isn't sufficient balance in terms of the political ideology or diversity in your companies? And how do you deal with the lack of trust that creates amongst conservatives? To which Mark Zuckerberg replied, I think having balance is valuable. And while we, and we try to do that, dot, 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 I am not aware of the example of you say of someone in charge of this process who worked for Biden in the past so we can follow up on that. Well, it is in fact true that the person in charge of integrity and security at Facebook, uh, that they are a former Biden staffer. Now, of course, that shouldn't really surprise you. And by the way, I don't necessarily begrudge people moving from, say, being a, a political staffer to having uh, another job or working at big tech and people move, bounce around between industries and all of those things. But in this case, and especially in this highly po polarized uh, world that we live in. It's like, if you don't think he's bringing some of those biases, if you don't think some of those are kind of getting in, getting into the system for the guy that's in charge of the election stuff at Facebook, you know, then, then I'd like to, I'd like to sell you something. Cause of course it's happening, right? Of course it's happening. So the fact that Zuckerberg basically said he wasn't aware kind of tells you everything. And this is often, you know, what, what's the famous line, the famous line, the buck stops with me, right? Meaning that if you're in charge of something, 
you can't always blame everybody else. Oh, no, no, it was that low-level staffer. Oh, no, 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 it was the janitor. No, you know, it was, no, 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 The part-timer did that. At some point, the buck stops with you. And, and that's why being in the position that Zuckerberg is in and being in the position that Jack Dorsey is in, these are not, um, I would say, enviable positions to be in. There, there are extraordinary problems that you can never fully solve, perhaps, and that in the case of uh, Jack, he probably just got himself in a lot of trouble by, by lying under oath. Ted Cruz caught him. Watch our video from yesterday if you're not sure what I'm talking about. Um, so look, Zuckerberg saying he's not aware, it's like, all right, I don't know if you're lying or not. If you're lying, then there's a problem. But if, if you aren't lying, that just shows that you're not really in charge of your company. Like a decision, well, who, who was in charge then? Like, who made the decision, if not you, the CEO, I do believe that you've got to manage this entire unimaginably huge organization. So then who was in charge? Was it a VP? Was it someone in HR? Who made the decision? What was the thought process? And now do we have evidence that this person is manipulating things? Again, it's all too late for this election. So, so we shall see what, what happens. All right, guys, I'm going to jump right now. I got, I got a crazy day. Uh, I just shot a podcast with Glenn Beck that'll be up over at the Blaze uh, soon. Um, got a few other things we're shooting later this afternoon. Uh, we are doing a direct message tomorrow. This is a five day a week week for us. Uh, it's going to be a Q and a, I suspect it'll be mostly about election stuff all with the Rubin report community. So you can uh, submit a question. You can do it right now at rubinreport.com or download our iOS app or our Google play app. Uh, just search Rubin report in either one of the stores. Uh, Q&A tomorrow, and then next week we're announcing our election coverage. I'm gonna be doing some live stuff in studio with the Daily Wire guys. I'm gonna be doing some stuff via the pipes, via the wires with the Blaze guys, and then we're gonna do at least one live stream the night of the election, probably two. And then uh, when the election is not decided that night, we'll be doing live streams every day from uh, then until perpetuity, until the earth explodes, which according to AOC is in about 11 years and six months. So it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a hectic time. Uh, all right, guys, I'll see you tomorrow. And if you want to submit questions, run over to rubinreport.com. Have a great day, everybody.